you want to take your bulletins, you're going to see that we have uh, scripture passages there um, that we're going to be referring to. And um, we're going to read the first one together, which has to do with um, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. On the night when he was betrayed, he knew that Roman soldiers at this point were about to arrest him, and he was, he was waiting, and he was preparing. And the odds were heavily tipping for a brutal death. But he also knew that things could still possibly go in a different direction, because we don't know. And so he prayed. And his prayer is what has become an extremely well-known and unbelievably effective and powerful prayer, which far beyond just being a prayer for himself and a prayer for his particular set of circumstances at that time, is an invaluable prayer and instruction for life for each one of us. And so today we're going to focus on this as our first reading, and we also have two other passages that we're not going to read right at the moment, but we'll be referring to them in the message itself. So let's read this first passage together, where as he prayed, Jesus said, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not my will be done, but may your will be done. And then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So, could you not stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not fall into temptation. For the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, Jesus went away for the second time and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, May your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. And with that, here ends our reading, and God, may you bless our understanding and living of these words of abundant life. So a few weeks ago, we had part one of this message. Today is part two um, on our talk about seeds and safes and cathedrals and faith and you. And all of this revolves around our three scripture passages, the first one that we just read, which in my opinion and in my experience is one of Jesus's greatest moments and greatest prayers and greatest models for how to approach life and in the most faithful and the most spiritual manner and the most vital way, where he takes this posture of, God, this is what I want to have happen, and this is what I do not want to have happen. And he's very clear about that, And he was so clear that he prayed the exact same thing three times over, one after the next, which is really something to think about because it never happens anywhere else. One of the things that we learned from this right off the bat is that, for one thing, 
It's okay to pray for yourself. It's okay to pray for your situation. It's okay to pray for your condition, for your struggles, for your desires. It's okay to be clear about what you want and what you don't want. And doing that is not selfish. I talk to a lot of people who say, say, you know, I never pray for myself. I say, it's okay. But the clincher and the secret that we find here is that as a person of faith, you don't stop there. You don't stop with praying for yourself. And this comes crystal clear with his conclusion where after being very, very clear with what he wants and what he doesn't want, he says, nevertheless, God, nevertheless, not what I want, but what you want. And not only that, even though I've been crystal clear and honest with myself and you about these things, so I will surrender my ego. I will surrender my personal desires and choose instead what you want, which is always the greater good. And that right there is the key to being a person of faith. Because I can be the most virtuous person around, but if I don't receive you, God, if I don't receive what you're offering me, whether it's good or rugged or, or ugly, whether it's a different shape than what I've been looking for, that's a problem. And if I do want the reality that you present to me, what that means is I'm no longer swimming against the stream or I'm no longer swimming upstream. I'm aligned with you. And now I'm working with you. And I'm strong and I'm free. Talk to anyone who has ever lived with disabilities or the loved ones who lived with disabilities. And this is how the ones who live with grace handle it. And it's powerful stuff. God does not give the disability, just to be clear, but does give the power and the courage to be able to deal with it. To be able to accept, work with what you've given me, God, even though, you know what, I may not understand it. There's a lot of stuff that I've been given that I just, I don't get. Sometimes I figure it out later, find out later. Sometimes I may never. Things that we wouldn't choose ourselves. Choosing to love it, or at least to genuinely accept it. With that, I just, I just want to share a little story. And um, my guess is that you've probably heard it before. Uh, it's a well-known story. Um, but I, I've thought about this story a lot, many, many times. And so I just want to share it with you. And it was told to me by a church member who sent it to me in a note. And she said, this is about a 92-year-old woman who each morning was fully dressed by 8 o'clock, hair done, makeup on. And the note I said, the note that I got said, and she moved into a nursing home today. Her husband of 70 years, who recently passed away, made the move necessary. And this woman is the most lovely and gracious and dignified woman I've ever known. And the note said, while I've never aspired to attain her wisdom, I do pray that I can learn from her experience. And it went on and it said, 
After waiting many hours patiently in the lobby of her nursing home to get her room, the woman smiled when she was told that the room was ready. And she maneuvered her walker to the elevator. Her granddaughter gave her a visual description of the tiny room that she was about to move into, leaving her home. And this little room now that was going to be her life included eyelet sheets that had been hung on her window as curtains. And her 92-year-old grandmother, even before seeing it, said, I love it. (laughs) Her daughter, who was also there, said, Mom, how can you love it? You haven't even seen the room yet. And the woman said, that doesn't have anything to do with it. Happiness and loving, she said, is something you decide on ahead of time. Whether I like my room or not doesn't depend on how the furniture is arranged. It depends on how I arrange my mind. And I've already decided. I love it. Or as Jesus knew, sometimes the answers that we get aren't the answers that we want. And so he prayed three times. And the Gospels are very clear about this. Not my will, but may your will be done. And help me to deal with what I have and what I've been given. What would you have me do here, God? What would you have me choose? How would you have me respond? So point one is this openness, releasing my want, releasing my ego. And point two, choosing what God wants, even when you don't know what that is. And the next point about this is time. Some people have said it this way, God is a crockpot, not a microwave oven. We pray, we work at something, but if we don't get feedback right away, we might think and people say, God's not listening, I put my order in, I prayed, I waited for what I thought was a reasonable time on my clock, on my calendar, it didn't happen. And so our next image is the safe. We have a fabulous, fabulous old safe here at the church. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's in the closet that's next to the office. I can tell you exactly where it is, and you're never going to crack it anyway. <laughs> it's, about, it's about this big, and it's about this wide, and the walls are about this thick, and it has this big dial on the front, and a big handle. And I was opening it one time many, many years ago, and, and this thing takes such a long time to open, even when you know the combination, because it has four numbers, four number combination. One day, 
I'm there and I'm, I'm, I'm turning the big heavy dial and I'm turning it clockwise so many times and then counterclockwise so many times and then clockwise again so many times and I'm thinking, you know, this is a lot like life. This is, this is a lot like when you want things, you want things to be direct. I want things to be direct. I like things to be linear. I just want things to just pop open. But it's like the safe. Prayer's like that and faith is like that. It's cumbersome. It's time-consuming. It's indirect. Because there you are. You're working away. You're turning the dial of life. But instead of being able to just go in one direction and that's it, you have to go this way and that. You have to go backwards and forwards. And sometimes it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, like with a safe, you're, you're passing by the exact number that you want again and again and again. Sometimes you have to do it two, three, four times before you land on it. And then, you know what? When you land on the number, you stop. Nothing happens as far as you can tell. Because now you hit the second number, now you've got to go in the opposite direction. And then you land on that number, and nothing happens. And then you have to go in the opposite direction. And this happens four different times. And as far as you can tell, because you're looking at the outside of the safe, nothing is happening. Because you can't see any progress. If you didn't know how safes work, you'd quit. If you didn't know how life works, you'd quit. Or prayer. Or faith. Because you can't see the tumblers that are inside the door that are actually falling into place one time, the next time, the next time, the next time, until finally, after all four numbers have been hit just right with a lot of seemingly wasted time, you finally get to turn the handle and then click. Voila. So God, help me to trust as I'm cranking away at that dial, this way and that, that if you say it's going to open, if you say it's going to go, if you tell me to follow a certain path, help me to trust that eventually the safe is going to open. Because what we are building together takes time. Why? Because God's mind is not our mind. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. And with that, we go to this one last image of a cathedral. Where in the book of Hebrews, as you can see in your bulletins, it says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And with that, I think a lot about parenting. Or when we do interviews, after interviews, we want a certain job, nothing works. And then all of a sudden, something else pops open, and it's even better. You have your heart set on a certain college, I've got to go there. So you don't get it. You get into a different college. And it turns out to be just great. You're dating. And dating, 
and dating. And before you meet the right person, you go, it's never going to happen. And then all of a sudden, something happens. And you go, what was I so worried about? What was I so worried about? The thing is, cosmically, we don't know what's going on inside. Little story. My older brother and I are only 18 months apart. <laughs> is that like in the category of Irish twins? That's pretty close. After my older brother was born, my mom got pregnant again, but not with me. After my brother was born, she got pregnant. In between my brother and I, she lost a baby. And obviously, that would have been a very big loss. That's a tragedy. And the baby was old enough to be listed as another sibling on my birth certificate that I noticed one time, and I asked her about that. It says there, I have four siblings. I'm one of four, so that would be the fifth. After that devastating loss, my mom got pregnant again. And that time was with me. Fourth out of four. After four, they were done. So it would have been the other one or me. And I thought a lot about that. <laughs> that my very life, my very existence, weirdly, is based on the fact that a brother who I never met died. And I am not in any shape saying that this is a blessing. What I'm saying is, I don't know how this works. I don't know what's going on inside that door. but I know that there are bigger things than what my mind can handle. So I try not to judge what seems to be going on on the surface. As Jesus knew so well, one of the most difficult things that we can do is to trust God with things that we don't understand. to have faith in things that we can't see. And so we have seeds and we have safes, we have faith, and we have cathedrals. And I think about that because the builders of the world's greatest cathedrals, they never get to see the final product. <laughs> They've invested their entire lives with something which they trust to be valuable, but they will never see in completion. And this, too, is what I think parenting is about. It's the job of a parent 
Being Mother's Day, I think about my mom. I've shared before that she died when she was 57. I was 23. I was just beginning my career in insurance. (laughs) I was unsettled. I wasn't pursuing my deepest desires. Because you know what? At that time, I didn't even know what my deepest desires were. I just knew that I didn't like what I was doing. And I was single. She had absolutely no clue that I would go into the ministry. She had no idea who or what I would become. She never met Laura. And so obviously she never met any one of her four children, one of whom is now getting married. I was struggling and I was incomplete. And while she would not see her project completion, she knew that she had planted the seeds. She knew that she had worked and worked the combination this way and that way and this way again with love and with faith. May we plant and nourish our seeds. May we work and work that combination. And may we live with faith, building our cathedrals, And in the end, trust God with the conclusion. Amen.